Today's podcast is brought to you by our very good friends at Practice Evolution Prime. Practice Evolution Prime was created to bridge the gap from school to success. You can be successful, you should be successful, and being successful takes work. You have to gain the skills and foundation to be the sought-after family chiropractor, and our goal is to create extraordinary family chiropractors. This program is not easy. It will challenge you. It will push you. We choose to only work with doctors and students who are teachable, principled, and willing to work hard to improve their skills, practice, and their lives. If you are interested in learning more about this program and to apply, or if you are a patient looking for a PEP Prime doctor, visit our website, pepprime.com. That's pepprime.com, or call the Practice Evolution Program at 801-281-1646. Hey everyone, and welcome to the KiddoCast for Chiropractic Families, the world's first and only podcast committed to normalizing complementary and alternative care, particularly chiropractic care for children by sharing the experiences of doctors and healers in the trenches. In our time together, we will talk with pillars in the alternative healthcare world to give you the tools you'll need to make positive change in the health of your children and your family today. Simply put, we're here to change the trajectory of modern healthcare. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Bronstein. I'm a pediatric and family chiropractor certified by the Academy Council of Chiropractic Pediatrics and the director of the Beacon Clinic of Chiropractic in beautiful Grover Beach, California. Now today, guys, I thought that we would take a little bit of a um, trajectory shift um, in, in light of uh, some of the amazing conversations I've had with uh, my friends and colleagues and birth workers. Uh, I decided that uh, instead of talking to a chiropractor, we'd uh, have a good conversation with our friend, uh, Natalie Gray. Natalie, uh, the Pilates mama, is the creator of the Natalie Gray Method. Uh, she's the creator of Flower Essence Remedies, and she's a pelvic floor specialist, flower essence therapist, speaker, and an author. She holds a BA in dance from UC Santa Barbara in uh, beautiful California, my alma mater, go gauchos, uh, and has been featured on popsugar.com, modernmom.com, examiner.com, soulsforsouls.org, everymothercounts.org, huffingtonpost.com, and centralcoastmama.com. She also writes her own blog, The Pilates Mama. And guys, um, you know, Natalie, uh, as most of you guys know, has a space in our office and uh, we keep her very close uh, so that uh, when moms have gone through chiropractic care or even before they go through chiropractic care and they need that expert support, um, Natalie is, is there for us and she's been great uh, for our office and our community. So Natalie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, oh, you're you're absolutely welcome. It's it's all our pleasure. I, I'd love to hear uh, you know kind of about your story. Uh, what brought you into uh, the Pilates Mama, and um, perhaps maybe just uh, provide some expertise for everybody who's listening at home. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this is a great conversation to have, and I love talking about it. So sometimes, if I get a little long winded, you can flag me down and bring me back. Um, all of this started with my own experience of becoming a mom and you'll have to excuse me if I get teary because I always do this when I talk about my girls and their birth and birth experience. So I could already feel it coming on. Um, I, in 2002, I became pregnant with my twin daughters. Um, I was, uh, an active dancer, um, throughout their pregnancy until the seventh month. And then I uh, went in for a routine ultrasound and the doctor asked me if I was feeling my contractions, which I was not. And she immediately admitted me and I lived in the hospital for two months. Um, 
they eventually were born in November, which was a month earlier than their due date via an emergency C-section. So um, my body completely atrophied. I now had had a major abdominal surgery, and I had a lot of re- rehabilitation to, um, to do. Um, 19 months later, I had another cesarean section surgery, um, which... You know, C-sections, and we can talk about this a little bit more later, too, is they're major abdominal surgeries, and I don't think women realize the importance of rehabilitation after or even realize how major that surgery is. Um, During the rehabilitation state, or in between pregnancies, actually, I was introduced to Pilates. During my ninth month of pregnancy with my third daughter, I I began Pilates um, in uh, began began my Pilates instruction training. So here I was nine months pregnant, trying to learn Pilates, which is a lot of abdominal focused work, which I was unable to do. Um, I took a week off to deliver Ava, came back and began um, and completed my Pilates certification. Um, from the time I found out I was pregnant with Ava, that began my solo mama journey. So here I have these three little ones. I'm a solo mama. I've just started to become a Pilates instructor. Um, And Pilates kind of came in and saved me in all areas, physically, financially, and as a way to take care of my my girls. Um, So that's kind of where it all stemmed from. It was my learning experience of how to take care of my body, how to take care of my mental well-being, how am I going to support my children. Um, And I've gained all of this knowledge over the last, well, 14 and a half years now, because the twins are now 14 and a half. My youngest just turned 13. And I, it was um, a journey that I experienced and learned and realized that women are not getting the information they need to, one, recover physically and emotionally after childbirth, whether it was a vaginal delivery, whether it was a C-section. Um, but not just that, that they're not getting the emotional support that they need, um, after baby and I see moms who come in who are not only experiencing physical aches and pains or other um, complications but they're not feeling connected to their body anymore they're not feeling like themselves they just completely feel disconnected unmotivated and um, uh, I guess not normal is what most of them would say yeah I mean the question is, is why, you know, where, where does this come from? And, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about this on the podcast numerous times with regards to the sort of over sterilization or medicalization of the birthing process um, mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, C-section has become kind of the status quo, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you and I are both aware of the stats, you know, we, we see C-sections somewhere around like a third of all live births, you know, or C-sections mm-hmm. and especially in our County. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't make it any less of like you were describing, you know, a major surgical event. And, you know, as a chiropractor, you know, especially with an emphasis in pediatrics, you know, my, my number one priority with a newborn is just to try to undo some of the effects of birth trauma. Um, birth yeah. trauma is a huge part of uh, what we see in young babies, but it's a huge part of what happens to moms, right? And, you know, the work that you're doing, it seems like is is very much about recognition first, education, and then once we identify the problem, then we fix it, right? Yeah. Um, 
tell me, you know, I know the answer, but I think, you mm-hmm. know, the, the people here that are listening are going to want to know, you know, the average mom that comes to see you, how close to their delivery um, on average do they, they come in and kind of get your help? On average, well, I'd say probably around, oh goodness, it's the kids are a little bit older. I think people, I think the women who come in are, they know they need the support, but they, but sometimes I think it ends up being that they can't quite commit to the support yet because of the age of the children or the childcare, mm. um, you know restrictions or they don't have the care for their kids. Do you, um, do you think, uh, sorry for stepping on you, but do you okay. think that there is a little bit of a barrier to entry because moms can't acknowledge their need for assistance immediately after the birth? And the reason that I ask that is because, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm friends with Lindsay Matthews, you know, and, and she and I, you know, we get along really well with regards to, you know, her birth fit program, but she's, she's very much, uh, she's very strongly toned about the type of uh, message that she sends, which is essentially mm-hmm. like, postpartum support it starts immediately yeah but she also finds i think and forgive me Lindsay, if i'm putting words in your mouth that moms there's there's a large degree of shame that goes along with uh uh, postpartum healing especially when Mm -hmm. it pertains to things like diastasis and incontinence um i'd love for you to talk about that because i know that's a core of your practice yeah it is i see a lot of uh, women for incontinence organ prolapse diastasis um i think it's, it's, it could be a couple of things, but mostly I see women who will come in and say, you know, I talked to my doctor about it last year or months ago and they mentioned, well, the only route to go is surgery or that's just part of the territory or you need to do Kegels to fix that. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it. And it's like one statement and then send them on your way because he doesn't have the information to give them. He does. That's not his really his area, I guess, of expertise. I mean, he's delivered the baby. I check you annually, and now I'm done. Maybe um, some will look a little bit further into it and maybe offer suggestions. Like I have a a do um, in in San Luis who sends me people regularly because she says, okay, I mean, you're having incontinence issues. You have an organ prolapse. Go see Natalie. But um, most of the people, most of the women I've seen will say, yeah, my doctor says, yeah, there's nothing you could do with a diastasis recti except surgery. There's no way around that. Um, same with a prolapsed bladder. Surgery is the way to go or do a Kegel contraction, which that's not even part. I mean, that isn't even a piece of how you can strengthen the pelvic floor to you know, rehabilitate. So I think it's that. I think it's women may think, one is part of the territory or they've been told it's part of the territory or, you know, they'll wait months, couple more months and see, is this something that's going to go away? Um, am I going to, is this, you know, maybe it's just going to be this way because they just had a baby um, and they kind of wait it out first until it gets to be really extreme. Right. And then I, then I think people really start to look at it. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I asked the question to pretty much all of the, the women that I see in my practice and, you know, most of you folks who are in my practice, you know, but, um, it comes down to incontinence is kind of one of the, just sort of, it's how we broach the subject, you know, and I yeah. say two thirds of the women that I have in my practice, postpartum or not have issues holding their bladder. Right. And yeah. you're absolutely correct that, um, the message is that it's totally normal because everybody's got it. Um, 
you know, and I've talked about this with, with Lindsay as well, you know, our CrossFit athletes, um, it's, it's becoming so ubiquitous that it's almost a running joke because women yeah. will wear like black legging, leggings when they go into the gym in case they, you know, pee a little bit or a lot so that nobody can, can see the difference. So it's kind of like out, out of sight, out of mind. But, you know, you, uh, of all people, uh, you know, recognize the fact that a pelvic floor uh, competency issue is indicative of a core stability issue, right? And the two mm-hmm. go hand in hand. So, you know, in the CrossFit context, you know, if you can't hold your bladder, there's a good possibility there's a core asymmetry or instability issue, which means you shouldn't be lifting weights in that model, um, let alone, you know, um, worrying about some of the side effects I'd say from, uh, from the trauma of the birth, even, I mean, it, it, again, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the birth, like the, the, the mm-hmm. potential for pelvic floor asymmetry or pelvic floor instability, it just, it leads to a lifetime of all sorts of other chronic ailments. Um, you know, as a chiropractor, you know, I obviously focus on the neurological concomitants. Mm-hmm. Um, I focus on the structural concomitants, uh, and, and, you know, when we work with moms, especially in pregnancy and postpartum, you know, our number one priority is to make sure essentially that all the dominoes are stacked up. Um, but we find that the moms who do the best are the ones who have that active care component, um, dynamic neurostabilization, yeah. Pilates, you name it. And I've seen, God, man, I, I don't know. I, I, we obviously have a ton of, of patients and clients that work uh, with both of us who have had diastasis issues that have gotten amazing improvements. Um, I have another patient right now who you haven't met yet who had a two-inch diastasis, which is pretty much gone now as a result of this core stability work that you talk about a lot. Um, so I, I think the message that you're saying is that this stuff is correctable, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is, and I've seen it. Um yeah, I've seen it. I had with with clients coming through, they've gone back to the, their doctor and he's like, oh, it's not there anymore. Or, you know, we'll check them too at the studio. But right. yeah, it is correctable. And I, I, I just think it's so important to educate women about this and also just to get in touch and let other, you know, OBs um, know that there's people out there who know how to handle this yeah. and there's other ways beyond surgery. Yeah, for sure. It takes a village, I think, in that case. Um, yep. Yeah, chiropractic, Pilates, DNS. Is, I mean, you name it. It's it's. I, I think I think moms, especially millennial moms, are starting to wake up to that prospect that it's there's a, there's a really a team that goes into to helping moms kind of you know meet their potentials. Right, birthing mm-hmm. is becoming much more of a journey, which is fantastic. Uh, maybe I'm seeing it through my lens, but you know, our moms, they recognize the importance of having that support, um, even preconception now, which is, which is fantastic. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about the metaphysical side of, uh, of postpartum support, because I know you do, you know, flower essences and that's a huge part of your practice. Um, but talk a little bit more about maybe the psychosocial uh, components of the postpartum period or the immediate mm-hmm. postpartum period, right? Cause postpartum is forever. Um, yeah. but what that means for moms and, uh, you know, how they can help themselves. Yeah. Well, I work as a flower essence therapist and, Um, I create custom flower essence remedies for women based on what they come to me and need. So, for example, I've had women come in and say they're experiencing, um, you know, lack of motivation, lack of, you know, no more sex drive, no more creativity. They just just don't have an um, excitement or joy for life anymore, and they feel really disconnected. And these flower essences work on an energetic and a cellular level. So anything that we've experienced throughout life kind of imprints within our body, right? So everything that, whether it's a birth 
uh, traumatic birth experience or traumatic relationship or whatever it is, we've kind of stored it within our body. Sometimes it comes out during movement, um, and other times we just need a little bit more help with it. So these flower essences are tinctures that we take orally, and they help us release anything stored in our body that we don't need anymore. Um, it's kind of like peeling an onion. It's a conversation, and then um, we work slowly and gently to support their emotional needs. In our body, we have these energy systems, you know, the chakras, which have a have a um, energy flow, where the energy flow can be stopped or um, disrupted during pregnancy, surgery, or childbirth. And the chakras I talk about the most are the first and second because we're talking about pelvic chakras here. So the first chakra being right at the root, right at the base of the tailbone, and the second one being in the sacrum within the whole pelvis. So these energy systems, for instance, when I had my C-section, cut straight across that energy line. So the energy line wanting to go up further to my third chakra, my power chakra, can't, right? So then we get women who aren't experiencing, who don't feel creative anymore, who can't, don't feel their sense of power or, you know, don't even know who they are in the world anymore because the energy systems are blocked. Um, so the flower essences help with this. And I've seen moms who've experienced complete postpartum depression, find more joy, find more motivation, find more, you know, um, excitement for life by using these exercises ex essences and Pilates exercises in combination. I think, you know, and that's really important because it explains, you know, how, well, it's a microcosm, I think, for the healthcare economy that we have in North America in particular, because we spend so much time and energy kind of like micromanaging the human body as mm -hmm. opposed to treating the human body uh, like the whole, you know, spiritual, yeah. um, you know, connected uh, organism that it really is. I mean, the foundation of chiropractic, uh, especially when it comes to things like pregnancy, you just nailed it, right? When it, when there's, uh, the, there's trauma, whether it's physical, emotional, you know, biochemical, whatever, um, we see those patterns show up in our women, which is why the Webster work that we do isn't just limited to cracking the pelvis, right? Um, you know, I, I was just in um, in Park City with uh, one of my business partners, Dr. Christina Stitcher, who you all know because you've heard her on the podcast and you're going to hear her again this season. Um, we were talking about some of the, um, you know, some of the things that we've been teaching and how to modify our, our approach to teaching other chiropractors how to perform a lot of this work. And one of the biggest things that we're starting to see uh, more and more with moms with not just pelvic floor issues, but also um, a lot of fear. Right. I guess if you can call that a lot of fear about the birthing process or hangups about the birthing process, and I see it overwhelmingly in breach presentations, uh, yeah. is coccygeal problems. Right. Um, and it's glossed over because it's a little itty bitty bone and it mm -hmm. doesn't seem to be create, you know, create problems. But it's it's super duper important, not only because that's, you know, where the base of the chakra is, you know, that you're describing, mm. um, but it's also the attachment point for the cord. Right. To prevent tethering. Um, and if there's subluxation patterns, even if it's just a structural issue, like you fell down the stairs one time and hit yourself on the butt, um, not only does it create me mechanical constraint, but it also creates a huge energetic block. Yeah. Right. Oh, um, sure. There's something that definitely needs is trauma that hits and there's something that needs to be released for sure. Right. Any falls, car accidents, anything like that, just with, you know, chiropractic care, bringing the body back into alignment and, and then some. Right.
getting that movement. I'm sure you see that too, you know, on the, on the Pilates side and the strengthening side. Um, you know, and that actually leads into another question, because if you're looking at pure like muscle mechanics and fascial trains and, you know, motor programming and all that other stuff, um, there are, I'm sure, some patterns that you see pretty regularly. Um, obviously, on the Cairo side, when we do an analysis, uh, we're looking at, at symmetry. Um, we're looking at balance, we're looking at muscle firing patterns, but, um, mm-hmm. I know having worked with you myself, um, glute activation, for example, is a huge indicator of whether or not there's something wrong. Um, yeah. piriformis activation, all that other stuff. Can you talk to that a little bit and see if you can provide a little bit of advice for people at home, things that they should look for? Yeah. What I see when women come in and, um, you know, whether it was you know, six weeks after birth or surgery or, you know, 15 years down the line after having a child, if they've not addressed uh, those deep abdominal muscles um, or the um, outer glute muscles. So a lot of the times I see weak glute minimus, glute mac, uh, medius, and that seems that causes seems to cause a lot of issues for women in, when they come in with pelvic issues, right. um, pelvic stability issues. So and deep abdominals. Glute medius and minimus, those are the muscles that essentially uh, allow for lateral tracking of the pelvis, right? Yeah. Um, they allow you to basically prevent yourself from tipping over when you're walking. Um, it's one of the things that I look for pretty regularly in my pregnant women as well. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. go ahead and continue. Yeah, so I test... Um, Deep abdominal connection, we usually go for the transversus, abdominus first, and um, try to get the internal and external leaks going, adding pelvic tilts, finding that we do look for the cubicle contraction, the internal vaginal contraction to see if they do feel it. It's also one of the ways of contracting the transversus abdominus. So I'll test them to see if they you know, can actually access it. I don't stress the Kegel contraction um, because it's not the end all be all as mm-hmm. I see it, you know, and actually if they were to, um, to do it too much, or if they did have, um, if they were to con- kegel too much, it can be counterproductive, counterintuitive, which, you know, as well, far as I like, mean, I think the biggest, the biggest problem, and I, I want to let you continue in just a second, but the problem in the misnomer with kegels is that we assume that we can just kind of do kegels in isolation and it fixes the problem. And in reality, that couldn't be further from the truth, right? And mm-hmm. where, where this kind of came from, I have no idea, but the whole point is to mirror function, right? Yep. Which means that if a Kegel is used, and I'll let you, you know, tell me if I'm right or wrong, but if you if a Kegel is utilized in any kind of rehab protocol, it's being utilized in concert with other functional progressions, yes. yeah? Yeah. Okay. So, for example, a pelvic tilt, which I test out my women, all of my moms, um when they come in, a pelvic tilt to engage the low deep abdominals, the glutes, the hamstrings, and yeah, the Kegel contraction. So all at the same time to see what's going on with the pelvis um, and check alignment and check uh, ab connection. So um, yeah, did that? Did that answer your question? Was I going in the right direction there? Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, I, I, what we're really trying to do, Natalie, is we're trying to strip away misunderstanding, right? And, yeah. and uh, you know, it, it, you take into account that there is, there's a lot of shame for sure in a lot of these things, especially if, a, you know, a postpartum mom can't hold her bladder. Um, yeah. If there is aesthetic issues like, you know, mm-hmm. a diastasis or even with moms who, you know, they go through their pregnancy and they come out with stress, uh, stretch marks, right? Like that's, that's a huge sort of hang up, right? Yeah. Um, then we stress because of popular media, this idea that, you know, like six to eight weeks after your pregnancy, you should look like a supermodel. And in reality, 
it, it misses the point, right? Because the, the function of being a postpartum mom supersedes that this this sort of like false directive that you have to look good after the pregnancy mm-hmm. right it's just a total some sort of societal pressure and meanwhile you know these moms are you know starving themselves they look you know aesthetically really good on the outside but they're still not able to manage an organ prolapse right right and more they're than not that feeling good. yeah more than that right if you go into your second or third or fourth pregnancy after not addressing these issues it creates a whole other can of worms i mean you described in your situation having that second c-section within what two years you said when ava was yeah. born right yep um you know the idea that having a c-section is kind of the end of the birthing process for moms is also something that we have to address quite a bit, right? Because, um, you know, moms, you know, I find in my practice and, you know, forgive me if I'm, I'm stepping on other chiropractors toes, but I find that the likelihood that a mom is going to have a V back just carte blanche, uh, after their first cesarean section in San Luis County is pretty low. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's also because there's just not a lot of preparation or education going into it. Moms don't know that, uh, there are resources available to help them get back to, to where they're, they're supposed to be. Um, You've worked with exactly. VBAC moms in the past, haven't you? I'm trying to think. I have worked with VBAC moms, but like you said, there's very few. And even in my situation, you know, the doctor said, heck no, no way, because mm-hmm. I brought it up and he looked at me like I'd asked him to punch a puppy or something. I was, it was insane. I, I and, and so that's part of my education process of, of, is, you know, connecting to our birth community here in So County and learning that it is something that's possible, that there are people who will support it. And, you know, now with the work that I do, I can help women with that, help with that journey and make it more possible mm. for them. So let's, let's go back to our hometown, right? Cause I imagine yeah. we're going to have a lot of people who live here who listen to the podcast and have to endure my ramblings every week. Um, let's say you're a mom who is, uh, is postpartum, right? Let's say you're, you know, your mom who just had her first baby, right? And all the other potential emergencies aside, baby's latching, baby's growing, all that other stuff is great. Um, why don't, why don't you tell moms, you know, kind of what you think, you know, what, what the next steps are, you know, regardless of whether or not these moms are interested in having another baby at any point, um, you know, what, what would you recommend, you know, not only as the Pilates mama, but also as a mom yourself, you know, um, next steps so that they can kind of get back to, you know, the way that they were and even healthier beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, what I strive to to provide at the studio is a community um, where women can come in and be, I feel like, you know, obviously it takes a village and we need to have that surrounding community. We need to have those women around us who've either been through it, who have the information and who can support each other, whether it's just to listen or to offer some advice. So I always tell the women who come into my studio, you know, find a support system, find a support group. You know, Jennifer Stover offers a great one with the fourth trimester. I think that's fantastic. Um, Start moving when you feel like your body is ready. It doesn't have to be a specific number of weeks after you've had the child, but just start moving your body because it's going to help you feel more energized. It's going to help you feel stronger. It's going to bring you back into your body. Like I said, what I hear a lot is women say, I feel so disconnected. And I imagine, and because I didn't experience a vaginal delivery, 
if you're, especially if you're unmedicated, I imagine there is a, a definite separation that you have to kind of go outside of yourself to deliver this child vaginally because there's a lot going into it. It's a very exhaust. I imagine it's very exhausting and it takes a lot of work. So getting back into your body, definitely adding movement, subtle, um, small exercises like pelvic tilts, breathing exercises to re-engage the abs, and then um, finding that support for mental and emotional needs too because I find, like I said, women don't ex- don't understand there is a lot going on in their body hormonally and just trying to be a mom, especially if it's your first time. No, <laughs> you know, there's uh, so many books about it, but you don't know what's going on until you actually are in it. Mm. And I've had so many women come back or friends who have had children after I did say, how did you do it with twins when they were, you know, walking or eating or anything, new milestones? I honestly don't remember. It's such a crazy period where it was just like, do it. You have no choice but to do it. And so um, it's, it's taking time for yourself, finding that support system, getting, you know, all the care you need to just kind of <laughs> you know so you have memories <laughs> of your children growing up and it's not not a survival full-on survival mode moment right. yeah i mean that's good advice uh, you know obviously jennifer is our go-to for fourth trimester support um yeah. locally but uh you know for folks who are listening from outside of our small little bubble um you know fourth trimester support is everywhere you know we recommend you reach out to birth and baby resource networks that you have yeah. in your hometown, reaching out to La Leche, which is one of my go-tos for postpartum support with my mamas. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, get yourself, you know, some advocates, um, totally. you know, postpartum yeah. doulas, Pilates instructors like Natalie, finding, you know, a, a, a chiropractor who focuses on pregnancy and postpartum like myself and Dr. Curtis. Um, and obviously, you know, if there's anybody listening, you're a new subscriber to the podcast and you don't know where to go, by all means, reach out to our office and we're, yeah. we're happy to do that. And same with Natalie. Um, you know, and that actually begs the question too, Natalie, um, with the products that you offer and the services that you offer, where can people get a hold of you? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all over. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, and my website is nataliegaray.com. So I offer a lot of resources on my website as far as free videos for getting, you know, um, gentle movement for getting back into your body, um, PDFs of exercises to help with pelvic floor strengthening. I've got interviews on my um, website also that offer support. But I also have an online community. I call it the Hugs and Kegels community. And that's where anybody can come in and join. It's on Facebook. It's free. People can come in. I post my you know latest article or video or whatever, any resources I find that pertain to supporting women um, physically and emotionally. So um, I'm happy to answer questions at any time. I get, you know, messages via Facebook and Instagram a lot of the time um, looking for support. Um, One of the things, uh, there's another resource I'm currently working on where I hope to have practitioners, postpartum practitioners such as yourself or anyone else who supports postpartum moms have resources 
or offer resources for these women to go to. So it's a one-stop place where I have my information, you have your information, anybody else that we know who support postpartum women has some sort of tool that they can have that that they can access. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a project I'm working on mm-hmm. as we speak, mm-hmm. um, and it will be available. And the idea is to build also a scholarship fund for moms who need these services but can't necessarily afford them. And that's all in all being processed in the you know steps of that details are all being worked out right now i think i mean that that's so necessary right and i mean we'll we'll put a little bit of a, a cap in this but i i think it's important to understand and i talk about it frequently with my colleagues is that you know it it is really stinking difficult to have the birth that you want these days yep. right it, it's it is so much more convenient to, uh, especially if you're, you know, kind of in a, a lower economic tier, to go into the hospital, have an elective C-section, check in for three days, and then come on out. Um, having a home birth or midwife-assisted birth, uh, having access to doula and birthing advocate services, having access to chiropractic, having access to postpartum support, like, come on. It's, it's nothing is covered with insurance. There's a sizable financial and, and, and time investment that goes into it. And it takes a lot yeah. of stick and work. I mean, what the patient that I was telling you about, um, who, who you don't know, but you hopefully will get to meet her very soon. She's been under care for almost a year. Um, you know, she does hardcore work every single day, seven days a week dynamic neurostabilization work just so that she can get back to where she was before the birth of her twins. Right. And yeah, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Right. Right. Um, but even, even by creating less of a financial barrier for moms to have access so they can make those choices is a, is a big, big deal. Um, I'd love to support you in any way that I can for that. So, um, Natalie, thank you very much for taking your time to be with us today. Um, her website again for everybody who's listening is Natalie Gray. That is N A T A L I E G A R A Y dot com. Um, it's where you can get all of her resources and reach out to her. Even if you're not in San Luis Obispo, Natalie does a lot of remote work with people, so you can hop on Skype or whatever with uh, you know some um, membership in her community and, and be a part of that and, and get the support you need um, as for the kiddo cast guys uh, that's it for this episode uh, if you like this content please by all means share it on Facebook share it on Twitter share it on Instagram uh, hashtag normalize chiropractic or in this case normalize <laughs> normalize Pilates <laughs> Normalize vaginas. Um, <laughs> pelvic floor health. <laughs> Normal, normalize pelvic floor health. And uh, together we're going to save some lives and, and get the word out. So thank you guys and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.